What's up, champs? Welcome to another episode of the Keeping Carlson Short Shifts Fantasy Hockey Podcast. I am your host, Ben Burnett, and joining me, as always, my pal and yours, the talented Mr. E, Lewis Ezekiel. Lewis, my good pal, my friend, my buddy, how are you on this fine, fine Tuesday evening? Doing well, you know, just kind of digesting all of the aftermath from a, a very busy day of trades and non-trades and trades that may go through or may not go through pending <laughs> conflict between the NHLPA and, and other entities. Like, it's just been a very wild uh, 48 hours or so. Yeah, it's really funny what happened. Uh, you're, you're mentioning the, or you're referring to the Dodonoff non-trade uh, between Vegas and Anaheim. And uh, I am glad that happened because it gave it made me laugh. Yeah, it really is dipping its toe into the absurd to have a deal uh, where Ryan Kessler is getting traded to a team and it might fall through and he might not. He may never play a game in Vegas, Ben. It's and you got to feel bad for a guy with as famous of a, a good uh, reputation as Ryan Kessler to, <laughs> to not get that chance. Lewis, let's get away from the old uh, controversy that we were so often stoking and instead talk about the fallout of the trade deadline and no other place to start than in nets for multiple teams we got a, a many a domino has fallen uh in terms of the nhl goaltending uh ranks and i guess we'll start with the big deal of the trade deadline day mark andre fleury traded to minnesota uh as a corresponding move minnesota moved out capo kakinen who is now in san jose playing behind james reimer uh especially well Aiden Hill remains on the shelf, uh, and Cam Talbot remains in Minnesota, uh, I guess in, uh, yeah, let's start in Minnesota, and Lewis, I'll, I'll throw it to you to sort of get us going here, but how does Mark andre Fleury's arrival impact his fantasy value, and how does it impact Cam Talbot's value? Yeah, so I think of all the teams, in terms of kind of what they had to pay and what they got, I really like what Minnesota accomplished here. You know, they knew that their biggest issue was in goal. Talbot and Kakinen have been good at times, but really have been fading lately and not providing a whole lot uh, for the team or for their fantasy owners. Um, you know, Flurry now gets a chance to move away from Chicago, which has not done a good job of protecting its goalies and head to Minnesota, which has, you know, for years had a great reputation of doing a good job, uh, making life a little bit easier on their goalies. So I think it's a great move for Flurry's fantasy value. If you hung in there with him through all the ups and downs, you know, you're really being rewarded here with this opportunity to play for a wild team, you know, that has a solid offense, or at least it can be when it gets a little more balanced. If we see a little bit more production uh, from lines that don't have Kirill Kaprizov on, obviously that's what they want to see. But, you know, uh, hopefully uh, with Flurry protecting the cage, they won't feel like they have to chase quite as much. They'll be able to play a little more open. I just think it's really going to going to be a good move for them. A lot of surprise, I think, that Kakinen wasn't the one who stayed in Minnesota. Um, I, you know, read some folks speculating, uh, that they really wanted to get, 
Middleton from San Jose, this kind of solid defenseman. And that wasn't going to happen with Talbot. It had to be Kakanen to make the deal work. Uh, so it seems, you know, uh, they'll have to figure something out in the relatively near future about what things are going to look like in goal. But at least for this run, while they've got a team, you know, that seems to be firing on, on most of its cylinders, uh, a great opportunity, even if they're losing Kakanen. And I think that Talbot can be, you know, successful in his role as a backup, you know, maybe uh, a little bit of rest, a little less pressure, uh, perhaps could be good for him. Uh, he did turn in a shutout his first game, you know, after Talbot was traded to the team, or I'm sorry, after uh, Marc-Andre Fleury was traded to the team. So a good sort of first step in in sort of protecting his own uh, ability to maybe get some starts. But you have to imagine it's going to be Fleury's net moving forward. I'm not so sure I agree with you there. Um, and... I haven't followed anything too closely in terms of what's being said around Minnesota, but one comment that you made a, a moment or two ago about Chicago being so brutal for Flurry uh, defensively in front of him, and that is something that was very true early in the season, but actually changed quite drastically uh, since Chicago made some adjustments to its coaching staff. Um, and if you look at Chicago's even strength, uh, numbers at this point, they're actually a middle of the road team in terms of clamping down, uh, expected goals against They're 13th in the league, right behind Dallas and Edmonton ahead of Florida. Um, yeah, so pretty impressive, all things considered. And Marc-Andre Fleury still a below average goalie on the year, or maybe a, a round average by save percentage, uh, a 908. If you look at goals saved above average, Flurry was awful to start the season when, you know, which was in step with uh, how poor Chicago was playing defensively. And then he sort of found his balance in the second quarter. He had an incredible stretch uh, in around the turn of the new year. But if you look at his results over the last seven games, Fleury has an 888 save percentage and is giving up nearly four goals against. So Fleury is again on a, a bit of a... Fleury's numbers have tanked quite a bit over the last seven games. So he's heading to Minnesota on a bit of a downswing. Don't get me wrong, Cam Talbot also not having a great stretch. Um, this recent shutout aside, of course. But I just see this as something where they'll end up running with the hot hand. I could see it going either way, Fleury or Talbot. Uh, certainly it's better for Flurry to be moving to Minnesota, a team that is elite in goal suppression, as you mentioned. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see this as a clear cut, you know, workhorse goalie going to Minnesota. I kind of see this as negatively impacting both goaltenders fantasy value. Interesting. I definitely, I, I, I'm going to disagree with you. I think this is going to be good for Flurry. I agree with you that it's bad for Talbot. Obviously we're going to see, uh, you know, basically moving from a, from a one or a one a, uh, into a 1B, I would guess at least. Um, we can, we can debate how we think that's actually gonna, gonna work out, obviously, and, and time will tell. Um, we can talk about Kakanen heading over to San Jose as well. I think this is an interesting one. It sounds like, uh, he's not starting here on Tuesday night, uh, but it sounds like he will get the next game against Edmonton. No easy task, although James Reimer drew Calgary. That's not a, that's not a walk in the park either. You know, I think that this is an opportunity potentially uh, for Kakanen to maybe take over just because there hasn't been anything to write home about from the San Jose side of things. But I am very cautious about Kakanen uh, in terms of his fantasy value moving forward. 
you know, if we're talking about teams that are struggling defensively, I think uh, we got to talk at least some about the Sharks. And now they are, you know, without Middleton uh, on the defensive end as well, since he was shipped out to, to get Kakanen in the first place. I think they will miss his presence. I think Kakanen will, you know, he never got to play with him, but he might wish that he was there. Uh, so I, I worry about the San Jose goalies still. I think Hakanen probably could be an upgrade. It's tough to say. He's been so streaky, right? Uh, you know, he's had games where he's, he's had stretches, I should say, where he's had, you know, game after game where he's been really successful in the last few seasons. Um, but he just hasn't really been able to put it together so far this year. I wonder if a change of scenery might help, but I definitely worry when the change of scenery is from a tight, uh, you know, defensively responsible team like Minnesota heading to San Jose, which which flounders in that regard somewhat. I think you're giving short shrift on short shifts to my boy uh, Jimmy Reimer, who's been really solid this year in San Jose. I see Kakanen as being a very clear number two, whether it's behind Reimer or maybe a 1A, 1B if Reimer were to get hurt again. But Reimer's been very solid this season. I see no reason to think that he's not the starter in San Jose uh, rest of season. All right. Well, uh I think that would, uh, I guess that would be, that would be a good situation. I think they would rather, uh, run with the goalie that they're familiar with at this point and, and have Kakin in there kind of to, to spell him. So yeah, maybe I, maybe I'm not giving him enough credit. You may, you may be right. It's short shrift on short shifts. That's what I'm saying. I love it. Uh, Lewis, let's go to Chicago, though. I, I feel like we need to talk about Kevin Lankinen, a goalie who has had a very tough season uh, playing behind Marc-Andre Fleury, a player who was drafted way above where he should have gone based on Yahoo's preseason rankings. I think if you are following the NHL whatsoever, you knew not to draft Lankinen there. I'm sure a lot of folks who auto-drafted or who sort of didn't uh, are more casual fans maybe ended up with Lankanen on their roster to start the season. I would assume that most of those teams have since dropped him back to the waiver wire. But now he is in a position in Chicago where he is likely a volume starter rest of season. Um, we talked about Chicago. I mentioned that they've been a better team defensively since the coaching change. Is Kevin Lankanen worth a shot in a volume role? So if Chicago has been better defensively, it has not really been reflected in Lankanen's numbers. Uh, he, like you said, he has really struggled. Um, the one saving grace, I suppose, is that when Lankinen has had success, it's been as a result of being a workhorse starting goalie. You know, when he had stretches last year where he was doing his best work, it was when he was, you know, the primary netminder for Chicago. So maybe, uh, you know, there's something to that element of his game where I don't know if it's, you know, something that he he psychs himself up or whatever the case may be. Uh, this this could be a chance for him to kind of take it and run. Um, you know, Chicago certainly has has demonstrated some offensive proficiency. So I think he could get some run support. It's not some of the dismal offensive outputs that we were seeing earlier on in the year. So I think that's a positive thing. But, um, you know, if we're if we're talking about how we want to rank these different goalies, uh, if, if you are desperate for a starter in, in a league that counts volume, so you're getting points for saves, you're getting, uh, points for basically a points league you're talking about, not a rates that league. Right. You don't want to do rates, I don't think, with Lankin, and at least until he, you know, puts together several games in a row where he's sort of showing off his best self from last year, if he's capable of doing that in 2022. But yeah, I would be, I would be quite cautious. Uh, and unless I really needed, you know, some volume there. 
Uh, I would probably steer clear. I have been running one goalie in the keeper league that we share where I've had Laner out for quite a while and the pickings are pretty slim. I may find myself grabbing Lankanen and just giving him a tryout. You and I are going head to head. Uh, this week, so uh, you may have and an what opportunity. What a burner that is! <laughs> <laughs> well, it might be if uh, if Lankinen turns out to be, you know, he it could go either way, right? He could have an outstanding start, or he could get totally destroyed, uh, and it could be an interesting outcome for us, one way or the other. The stanky lanky getting a chance to uh, run with it. The one uh, hole I'll poke in that narrative, Lewis, is that Lankinen did play his way out of getting those volume starts. If you'll recall, last year he he did start extremely hot. And then crashed completely. So, you know, I, I certainly take your point that he has shown some proficiency in a workhorse role before. He's also shown some shortcomings in that yeah. same role. Yeah, I think Brian and Elon were discussing him uh, on the Sunday show and mentioned, you know, uh, was that, you know, a factor of just sort of being run into the ground with too many starts, you know, with with a limited time remaining in the season, I think that he might not get maybe as run down, but I, I definitely see your point and it's good to bring it up that, you know, yes, he, he played well uh, as that, you know, main starter, but he also slipped as time went on. If I could run back through the goalies that we've mentioned here, I feel like Kakinen's value has not really changed in my eyes. I mean, he's on a worse team. He's probably a less desirable uh, streamer, but otherwise I, I think that he's a waiver wire goalie. Um, James Reimer, I think, continues to be the the number one in San Jose. I, I think that he has a you know very reasonable middle of the road appeal. Um, and then in terms of the Minnesota goalies, who I think see the most wild shift in variance here, I think probably Cam Talbot is a guy who you're you're probably holding on to as a sunk cost situation because you are going to want to see how it shakes out after Flurry arrived. Flurry is a guy who I think his value could spike, certainly. The, he has the highest upside here as a result of these changes. And, and I think that, that that is worth sort of highlighting as, as we wrap up this segment on goaltending. Yeah, I'm with you. I think, um, I, I guess I have a little more confidence in Flurry maybe than it sounds like you have. But yeah, I agree that he has the, the highest potential in terms of like having his ceiling raised. I think Flurry is the guy uh, with the most positive change from all these goalies we've mentioned. Lewis, I want to hop over to Pittsburgh next to talk about the number one added player on Yahoo today, and that's Ricard Raquel, traded from the Anaheim Ducks in a move that was shockingly legal by the NHL standards. Uh, Raquel, who has been the type of player that has gone on streaks this year and has looked like a, you know, a resurgent form of the the 60 point 30 goal scorer that he's been in the past is actually just on pace for 45 points this year uh but the hype of that new toy next to potentially crosby or malkin is always going to get people very hyped in fantasy hockey circles unfortunately raquel will start on line three with jeff carter and kasperi kapanen Evan Rodriguez is sticking on line one with crosby and gensel while rust and danton heinen stick with malkin I guess the question with Raquel that everybody who rushed to add him off the waiver wire is wondering, will we see him move up? And what is his upside now that he has moved to Pittsburgh? So certainly I think he has the potential to have his upside raised if he can get into the top six. You know, my guess is this is maybe like a Toffoli type situation where he's just kind of you know, working things out with the new team, getting some practices in, that sort of thing. Uh, I would hope, certainly, uh, to see him move into the top six and hopefully play next to 
uh, Evgeny Malkin. Of course, that does fly in the face of what Brian Burke sort of suggested, which is that, you know, he's a very useful player who uh, could potentially, you know, be an important part of shoring up that third line. Uh, that would obviously be a cause for concern for uh, owners who are, are hanging on to Raquel. Um, you know, one thing maybe working against his favor is these these lines that they've had set up where Rust was on the second line and, and uh, Rodriguez was up on top. You know, they, they have been productive in the last couple games. Uh, and so if they're continuing to win, it may be a challenge for Rodriguez to move up. I think we talked about with DeFoley, you know, uh, see when, when things start, you know, see when the flames start to struggle a little bit and see if they don't tinker around with the lines. So maybe the same thing is true for the Penguins. We'll have to wait until, uh, you know, maybe they lose a game or two or put forth kind of a crummy effort. And then maybe we'll see things start to shake up and Ra- Raquel will get his chance to uh, impress uh, in the top six. Lewis, we need to take a very quick break. When we come back, we have several more players to discuss, including a new line one player in Tampa, as well as the newest Broadway blue shirt, You're listening to Short Shifts. All right, Ben. Well, while we have a second, I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about our sponsor, HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients to your door, including farm-fresh produce that arrives within a week, so you get convenience without skimping on quality. Skip the trip to the grocery store, saving you the wait in the long lines and ensuring you don't waste money on excess food. I really like when they send, you know, I had these uh, this, this ravioli and a sage sauce. They send you the fresh sage. You don't get more than you need. It's not like hanging around wasting or rotting in your fridge because you're not making any other dishes with it. You get exactly the amount you need. It tastes outstanding. It's not the dried stuff from the cupboard. Uh, really, really like that stuff. Um, you know, they offer the flexibility you need to easily customize your order online or in the app. You can decide what you want to pick up. You can enhance it with gourmet options, locale options. You really get a lot of choices. Uh, you can swap out one protein for another, you know, uh, change your delivery day, change your food preferences, your plan size, or skip a week whenever you need to. So if you're going away for spring break coming up, you can pause your service. You don't get charged. You don't get a bunch of food riding on your porch. Uh, it's a good setup for sure. And for our listeners, you can go to HelloFresh.com slash Carlson16 and use the code Carlson16, Carlson with a K and two S's like Eric Carlson's last name, uh, for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Again, that is HelloFresh.com slash Carlson16 and use code Carlson16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. This is your opportunity to get a great discount on America's number one meal kit. Welcome back to Short Shifts. And Lewis, we have so much to get to. This is going to be a long shift. I'm, I'm, I should have warned folks off top, but hey, thank you for sticking with us. And uh, let's talk first about Brandon Hagel, a player who I know you've had some interest in so far this season, Lewis. Yeah, definitely a guy that I've been streaming in and out. Uh, he's had some, you know, wildly productive play, uh, at times, and it's been nice to see. I think a lot of people, when they heard about this move to Tampa, sort of wrote him off. And that first game, uh, certainly confirmed a lot of those fears. He only played 10 minutes, very few contributions, not a lot going on. Uh, however, 
We did see during Tuesday's game a bit of a line shakeup. He was being deployed on the top line uh, with Braden Point and Andre Palat. Uh, they've done a really nice job so far in the game of controlling play. They are dominating uh, shots and shot attempts for. Uh, so you like to see that they haven't produced yet, at least uh, as of this recording. Um, but certainly something interesting to keep an eye on. I do worry a little bit that, you know, if Hagel is not able to kind of recapture some of the chemistry he had uh, on his, in his trips onto the first and second lines in Chicago, that this may actually be a bit of a downgrade for point for as long as it lasts. You know, I don't necessarily love, I feel like he's, he's carrying more weight uh, when he's got Hagel and Palat on his line than maybe he is when he, you know, gets a Kucherov uh, or a Stamkos potentially. So yeah, I, I worry about that a little bit, but um, you know, overall, I think that is a nice spot for Hagel. I, I'm not super inclined to jump all over him, even given that deployment, just because I don't have a ton of confidence that it'll last. I think you're going to see Tampa try quite a few different setups as they head towards the playoffs to sort of tinker around and see what works and what doesn't, uh, you know, with, with potential injuries and all that stuff. I think there's a lot of value in trying to see what you've got before, uh, you know, you really hit crunch time. So I would not be surprised to see him move up and down from, you know, the top line to the middle six. Um, so, you know, watch carefully, check out, uh, game day lines, certainly, um, and, and we'll tell you a little bit later, there's a, there's a whole new setup, um, that, that Elon and Shams have put together, uh, for their game day tweets. Uh, so some, some really good stuff coming up, but, um, yeah, just keep an eye out, uh, gamedaytweets.com is their new website. Uh, everything, it displays the tweets right there. So you can see who the source is. You can see where it's coming from. It's a really great setup. Uh, so check that and see where Hagel is lining up each game. If, if he's a player that is of interest to you. Let's go next to New York and talk about the newest Ranger in town. Andrew Kopp traded to the New York Rangers in exchange for a bunch of picks and Morgan Barron. Uh, we've talked about Kopp a few times this season as someone who was having a breakout earlier this year, but he did go quite cold over the past 20 games or so. Now back down to about a 50-point pace on the year, which is much more in line with what we expected coming into the season. Uh, arriving in New York, the I have to say that it seems like there could be opportunity for him in a middle six role. Uh, we'll see what the Rangers decide to do with Ryan Strom as he is an expiring deal, and I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them check out what they what they might have in Cop and see if he might be a better option for them, given they've struggled in the two way game throughout the year, and Cop has a very complete game. Really excited, obviously, to see what he can do. Uh, for the Rangers as far as, you know, elevating their game. But I guess we're talking about fantasy, Lewis. And so I'm going to throw this question over to you. Do you think that Andrew Kopp can regain that early season form that we saw this year in New York, uh, assuming that he gets a, a fairly decent opportunity at some point? Yeah, I think he's got to get the opportunity. I think a lot of when he was finding success in uh, Winnipeg was when he, you know, was carrying kind of some heavy minutes, uh, especially while, you know, some of those top players were down with injury. You know, uh, he he got an assist on a goal by Zibanejad, but it appeared to be some crazy line blending that was taking place. Um he also, you know, they they're getting dominated by uh New Jersey, so he 
took some uh he took some shifts in the third period, you know, officially on that top line with Zabanajad. So it seems like things are really all over the place. I I don't have any confidence in sort of deciding where I think he might end up. Uh it does seem like, you know, with these new ads, especially with Cop and Vetrano, uh, who, you know, are potential kind of middle sixers or could even end up on that top line, you know, when coach isn't upset with them for getting, you know, run out of the run out of the arena by the devils. You know, I, I do think there is some real possibility there. You know, he's he's on this 50, uh, cop talking about is on this 50 point pace. Um, and, you know, it's nothing huge, but he's he's definitely had runs of real success. So I think he could be a really interesting one. That's another guy I want to keep an eye on. I want to see that ice time uh, before I commit to anything. Uh, and certainly, you know, he started out on line three with Heedle and Dryden Hunt. If he stays there, that's not a place that I am particularly interested in. Uh, as you know, just a little bit of a domino effect uh, in Winnipeg. That means that Evgeny Svechnikov gets to move back up the lineup and rejoin Kyle Connor and PLD on a really solid second line over there. Uh, Svechnikov had a goal waved off, but he did, you know, put it in the net. So maybe that helps build some of that confidence a little bit. Um, I actually think that. I'm more confident about Sveshnikov as a potential fantasy producer right now than I am about either Cop or Vetrano, just because their deployment is so up in the air. Evgeny Svechnikov, the number one uh, 30-point NHLer in terms of airtime on short shifts. That's <laughs> that's that's his distinction. Uh, we always we keep talking about him. He keeps on getting 10 minutes a night and being a sub 40-point per game player. Certainly, the opportunity is there. The Dev- the Jets do have a very solid playoff schedule, so he may be worth a stream. I'm definitely not dropping anybody good to make sure that I get one extra game of Evgeny Svechnikov before I see. I mean, you mentioned um, the coaches uh, being upset with uh, with the Rangers for getting blown out by the Devils tonight, but I mean, Svechnikov has proven, despite having opportunities with injuries throughout the season for Winnipeg. They don't seem particularly keen to to keep him on on the ice or in a top six role or in a highly uh, offensive role for long stretches. So I, I'm bored by Evgeny Svechnikov, as you can tell. All right. Well, let's move on then. We've got some right, more to talk about for sure. We have one more story to get to, and it is in the desert of Arizona, where the biggest trade not to happen this week was Jacob Chikrin, who stays in Arizona Coyote at least until the summertime um and uh yeah we we wanted to talk about chikrin i think because he was a player who his fantasy managers were certainly hoping would get moved out after he posted a 60 point breakout season or paced for 60 points in the shortened 2021 season last year and is on now on pace this year for less than half a point per game definitely one of the biggest disappointments of the fantasy season this year lewis does this make Jacob Chikrin, a player who is currently injured, I suppose, so probably on uh, on injured on an IR spot in most leagues. But is Jacob Chikrin droppable in many formats now? Yeah, this is a really interesting one because there aren't many contending teams that would be looking to go out and make an ad that need a power play quarterback. Could have been interesting if he potentially had ended up going to Florida, for instance, since Ekblad was injured. He could have spelled, you know, the remainder of the regular season probably on that top power play. Uh, but given the situation, you know, I think that 
if you can stash him, obviously keep stashing him. He has not been very exciting. And, and I do think that a lot of people were holding on to him in the hopes that he may eventually be moved and see a boost in value. Now that that hasn't happened, you know, if you need the IR space, uh, yeah, I think that he could be dropped. He's not a very exciting player to me. He does have the potential. Obviously, uh, you know, more, more offensive ceiling than most defensemen. Um, but you know, we're also seeing some of his time getting cannibalized by Costas Bear. So, you know, I really don't know what to think, how, how effective he'll be back coming back from injury. But yeah, it's certainly, uh, uh, disappointing to, to have him not be moved for those managers who are hoping that he would see, uh, a boost in deployment or at least in terms of the line mates he would have access to. Lewis, we did it. A monumental shift tonight up over the 30 minute mark you're you're seth jones in the booth over there and uh, you did a great job today lewis thank you for hanging out with me and thanks everybody for listening uh lewis you are not going to be joining me on thursday night i'm sad to say i will be joined by our good buddy elon for the thursday evening show and uh, i look forward to getting back in the booth with you next week yeah, actually, we will not see you. I won't see you for three shows. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to be on a little bit of a break here, uh, heading on vacation with my family. Um, but yeah, you guys are going to have a great time. Always fun, obviously, to record with Elon. He brings a mountain of energy, uh, to every show. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be really great. And then, uh, yeah, we'll see, we'll see who joins, uh, joins you for the show next week. I can't wait to listen, uh, while I'm out there in the world. And for all of you, thank you so much for tuning in to listen to us. We really appreciate it. Hope we gave you some things to think about. Certainly some contentious moments. So I like that. I don't mind, uh, uh, disagreeing with you a little bit in some places that's always a lot of fun uh thank you please give us a follow at short shifts kk brian and elon are at keeping carlson and dave Batten of the stream scheme you can find at nhl stream scheme please check out the new game day tweets.com it is outstanding tons of news you get to see the source for where all it came from it's all nicely embedded the guys worked really hard on it and it really looks great uh you know they've got all of the stuff that you were seeing on game day lines game day goalies and uh game day news so definitely make sure you check it out and uh please uh visit the sites that we use to create our show yahoo frozen tools natural stat trick our intro and outro music was created by pat roach and until we see you next time play smart and keep your shifts short (laughs) 